Delighted to be joined by former Mass senior footballer and Cross McGlynn senior footballer Aaron Kernan. And firstly, Aaron, it must be such a relief after all these months to be back training. Oh, it is, Paul. It's uh, it was great to get back up to the to the club um, on Monday last. Um, it's just it's so unusual to be away from the club for so long. Uh, just uh, well, we we were lucky enough for the success we've had in the club in terms of always having extended seasons. But even in in your worst years, uh, it wouldn't be seven months since I I'd met up with all my teammates at my own club ground. But that's the way it is. That's the times that we're in. And uh, unfortunately for for the vast majority of those uh, down south, uh, you have a wee while longer to wait. But yeah, it is. It was just. It was it was one more step to normality, and if not else, it was just great to see the boys again, see familiar faces, and just get out and get a kick about going. Um, at um, yeah, it uh, put a bit more structure to to all our weeks now, and um, I think we're all sick to to death at this stage of of doing our own training or following individual programs. Uh, it's always much easier whenever you have that support network around you in terms of your coaches there and your teammates. So, yeah, it was brilliant. How have you found, like, I suppose, a year nearly now of going to doing all this training by yourself? It has been difficult. Um, I suppose if you went back this time last year, uh, whenever no one really knew what was going to happen, um, Cross McGlenn isn't a big place. So just in terms of facilities for training and obviously the club grounds were closed completely and club gym was closed so there's no public parks here your options really were road run or or nothing um and i just would have had a few issues in terms of achilles trouble and that there this past six or seven years so road running wasn't uh on the cards for me um so i did we a lot of us here took into cycling um because the roads were quiet and you could individually get out and do a good bit. So that's what we spent probably the first real strict lockdown last year was just an awful lot of cycling. Um, and we have a, a gym in, in um, my brother's Tony's home. So in fairness, we still got tipping away at our, our gym stuff. Um, but in terms of running or skills work, there was obviously none. Um, and to be fair, whenever I come back, I don't know whether it was the bike or not but I'll blame the bike but yeah just picked we seem to pick up a lot of soft tissue injuries and that there and we would have felt maybe it was just from not running and um your change of direction stuff your stop and start and you're picking up speed um that you know we, we play a field sport um while the cycling was keeping us fit um I don't think long term it was great in terms of uh, preparing the body for coming back to, to playing games and the stop start nature of GA so I definitely think that's one aspect that we we have learned from. Um, but the first lockdown wasn't too bad because obviously the weather was good. It hardly rained for nearly the three months. Um, so it, it was that bit easier. But I have to say, psychologically, I found it much harder to motivate myself um, come November time, uh, whenever everyone was, well, I know the gyms didn't close until December, but even just for doing your extra runs and that there, or just to try and keep fit, it was much tougher. Um, and then whenever there was the delay of or basically the cancellation of the county season, 
Um, I have to say that night now it was absolute depression because it just seemed like it was whatever it was that it was January. It was January's not good at the best times. Um, but to pull away whatever we would hope we had at that stage of of getting back on the field or playing a bit of football, um, it was tough to deal with. But after a day or so, you just sort of say, right here, your only options are is to get out and get training again and and try and get focused or sit and wallow uh, in your own pity. So um, yeah, I just I get stuck in and and kept it going for my own sanity more so than anything else. Yeah, and. What have you made as the calendar now this year? Um, I suppose if Armagh do go all the way, you probably won't see a club championship game until um, September. Like, do, as, as, does that frustrate you in one way? To be perfectly honest, it doesn't frustrate me at all because um, our club campaign in general only starts and usually with the third weekend in August. Um, and I have to say, like, the and obviously the past two years is, is different, but uh, Armagh, the county board, in terms of the structure of games, they give us the notice that we get. Um, games always going ahead whenever they're supposed to. We couldn't complain, like, for up in 10 years now. Our calendar has been brilliant as a club player. Um, I, I don't have an issue with the inter-county going first because it is our, it's our showcase games and... Um, uh, to be honest, with you, yeah, I want to see inter-county football as well, and uh, I even feel maybe it's it's probably harsh enough on that again for another year. They're only going to get their uh, well, it's going to be short in calendar. They're not going to get the same championship season that they would get. Um, and then obviously the league, for instance, Armagh, like we're all delighted to see them getting promotion to Division One. Um, and now it's just turned out the way things are. It's basically just a it's an Ulster championship before the Ulster championship starts because all we have is. Monaghan, Tyrone and Donegal and you don't get the, the big games that we would have loved to have seen them against your Dublin's, Kerry's, Galway's teams that we wouldn't play that often um, so so that is disappointing but um, no, I, I'll just be delighted that uh, I know we'll have a, a full round of league games um, obviously we probably won't have our, our county players for the vast majority of them but that's what panels are for and um, we will struggle, we'll not have the same suppose, strength and depth that we might have had in years gone by but here I'll take it we're playing football it'll be summertime and we'll have a full squad and be ready to go whenever championship kicks off like you say whenever that is uh, uh, late August early September Absolutely and it's obviously challenging for you as well as a business owner how have you found it I suppose during Covid having to be adaptable really yeah, well, the, the first, again, strict lockdown was difficult for me, Paul, because um, I run my own estate agency. Um, being self-employed, the office was shut for over three months. You were trying to do a bit of work from home. Um, and we, we just had our, our wee girl, uh, Molly, last uh, April. Um, so she's just turned one. So obviously, we had a new face in the house at that stage. Uh, my wife was trying to, to homeschool two young boys as well. Um, so there was a hell of a lot going on uh, and it was, yeah, it was difficult. But I have to say, since we we're obviously allowed to reopen, um, I can't complain. Uh, business has been good. We've been we've been very busy. The property game hasn't been affected at all in the manner that they probably feared it was going to be. Um, well, as of yet, it, it hasn't been affected. Um, everything still seems to be to be moving well. Um, so... 
yeah, just once I got back into the office, that gave me sort of that bit of normality um, about my day-to-day life. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't complain. I, luckily, I haven't been nearly as badly affected as so many others have. Yeah, and football has been key for you, but growing up um, within your own family, do you feel you learned a lot as a footballer, even just out the back playing against your brothers? Uh, massively. Um, like there was just five of us in the house Ross is the youngest though, so there's quite a bit of an age gap between Paul and Ross who are two youngest but um, Stephen um, was obviously a year older than me and then Tony and Paul were only coming a couple of years after so between the four of us uh, we live in the centre of town here so um, just yeah in those times I know it's probably a bit different now but yeah you would have always been going to the different estates uh, with the brothers or people who would have been coming to our garden um, and you would have been having your, your daily games of football um, obviously your your playstations and our, our phones and tablets has changed uh, how growing up is but yeah claiming trees um, playing football whatever you name it, whatever mischief you get up to. Um, that's what we did growing up, no different than anyone else. But yeah, particularly having that competitiveness uh, within our own household, uh, I think definitely stood to us. We were always, well, Jay, Jay is obviously number one in town. He's definitely number one in our household. Um, but yeah, just having the, the brothers there to, to play against and compete against, um, it definitely did us no harm growing up. And yeah, even as a footballer for you, like, were you used to coming up then against almost bigger players and you were able to take the challenges from playing with your older brothers? Yeah, you, you probably are. Uh, to be fair, in my final year of every age group, I would have been a central player. I, I played basically all my underage football as a centre-half forward. Um, but if I was playing a year or two uh, above me, I would have always ended up your wing-half-back, wing-half-forward. Um, you know where you obviously you don't have the same strength of physicality to compete against your your older teammates so um i think playing against those different age groups and being involved i think it helped to to shape me as a player um because you just had to learn so many different roles you were put in so many different situations you had to learn to adapt um where maybe if you're the, the older one in your age group um, you know, you're maybe as big and as imposing as everybody else, but definitely whenever you're playing against the older age brackets, um, you had to learn on your feet all the time because was the big disadvantage you would have had was, was the physicality. Um, but I think that playing those different age groups, um, it definitely helps to, to shape and mould you as a player um, because you can see you just have to learn and develop so much. And for your own... Um or my career, if we look at that first. Um, how do you look back on all of it? Uh, I have to say, uh, probably yeah, you'd be disappointed that I didn't win an All-Ireland, but do I think it was a complete failure? Because I didn't, I don't, I genuinely don't. Um, the 05 All-Ireland semi-final was obviously the close, closest I come to making it to, uh, to an All-Ireland final, and that just happened to be my first year. Um, but, there's so many, but like there's so few people who, who actually win an All Ireland. Um, it's such a hard thing to do um, to win. It's such a hard thing to do to get to an All Ireland final. So, um, I know we were up at the top of the pile at that stage in terms of even as I started out, like we won four Ulsters at that stage. Um, in in my in um, 
four ulcers in my first uh, five seasons it was um, but it uh, yeah it just wasn't meant to be um, but to win four ulsters to win a national league to win uh, an under 21 ulster and all Ireland title um, and to play for, for 11 years you know to do something that I always wanted to do um, for me that was it's always something that I'm, I'm very proud of and uh, to be honest with you, like, a few results, yeah, I'd love to change them. But in terms of everything else that went with it, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, and you mentioned there about not picking up Dahl Ireland. When you do sit back and even look at your career, is it hard for you sometimes to think about the positives rather than just thinking about not winning Dahl Ireland? Yeah, to be, to be fair, I think that's the way everyone seems to operate. You nearly, you can remember more about the games you lose than the games that you win. Um, I don't know whether that's an Irish thing or whether that's just human nature. Um, but yeah, like there's just so many simple things that would stick in, in your mind of things that could have changed slightly, that could have differed results. Um, but both club and county, um, there'd be ones that, that still hurt um, you know, still give you the, the sick feeling in your stomach um, whenever you, you think about them. So uh, to be honest with you, I just try not to think about them and just get on with things. And yeah, even when you, you came into the Armad panel at the start and you're walking into a dressing room of players who had won in All-Ireland, would you find that hard when you're walking in like a surreal feeling of seeing your heroes and being in the same dressing room as some of them players? It is daunting at the start. There's no doubt about it. And like I said, particularly I came in in it was it would have been like late 2003, so it might have been like say November time. So uh, at that stage, uh, that was for preseason. At that stage, like Arma is just after being in the last two All Ireland finals, or just after losing Tyrone. So um, like you were literally you're in your top two in the country. So uh, there was definitely. Um, a nervousness there um, you probably felt a bit of pressure too in the fact that dad was the manager um, you just what way are people going to treat me um, what way are people going to see me um, so going in keep your mouth shut train hard and train earn your the, your teammates respect that way um, was, was how I went about it but to be fair um, I've, I've just found myself very fortunate coming from Cross McGlen and the older teammates that I would have had within the county squad at that time. Um, they would have been very reassuring presences to me and just knowing that I had them there to watch out for me and have your back all, all along and make sure you settled in well. They wouldn't, like I'm talking your Paul Hertie's, Francie, Tony John, Oshin. There weren't big talkers um, in terms of coming to me to talk to me. Um, and there wouldn't have been talkers within the county group. But you just knew yourself that they, they always would have had an eye out for you and they would have always been looking after you. So, um, yeah, that was something I was, I was very fortunate to always have there. Yeah, and you mentioned there your father, um, Joe, over there in my team. I presume, like, when you did come in at the stage, when you were looking at it, there, that you might have came across, I suppose, a bit of overthinking of what other people were going to think but how do you deal with that like your your father being the manager of Irma to be honest like personally it didn't I didn't have an issue with it because uh well like I'd seen him doing it at club level I'd grown up seeing him doing a club level and I seen how successful he was at it um 
then obviously like the pride of what I had with him going in to, to become our man manager and to see them winning the All Ireland and that there and then knowing my own personal ambition that I wanted to be a county footballer I'd, regardless whether he was managing or not like from from when I was a child I just always wanted to play for Armagh um, it was always the the ultimate goal so um, I I knew that he wouldn't have been picking me if he didn't think I was good enough for a start but just whenever you're you're younger you just don't have the self-belief and the self-confidence to to see past that um, you do definitely worry more about what other people are thinking about you um, or what they might be saying um, and I think it's just natural it takes time to adapt and come to terms with that there um, it, uh, it it took me like I didn't really play any football I think I started only like one league game in 04 which was my first year on the panel um, so you, you really only start feeling at home whenever you're getting actual game time under your belt um, I think the fact that we won the All-Ireland under 21 in 04 and I, I was starting in all those games and I, I was playing reasonably well in them um, that, that helps to build your confidence um, you know in terms of adapting to county football and knowing that you're, you're good enough to make the step up to it but uh, 05 and making the breakthrough in a league semi-final league final and then making your championship debut, that was only whenever I really felt like I had properly become a, a, a member of the squad or really started to feel at home. Um, so, yeah, it just it, it took a bit of time and probably paranoia, maybe more uh, inexperience and paranoia and throw the two of them together. And it definitely made the, the first year, year and a half um, just that bit tougher. But to be fair, it was probably more what was going on within my own head and what my perception of things were than what the actual maybe outside reality was. And yeah, you mentioned there like you really had to do work even just suppose break onto the team. But do you feel in one way that helped you build resilience as an intercounty footballer? Uh, absolutely. Um I know like even whenever I broke onto the cross panel, so I would have started in it in two thousand and one. Um, and I, I literally never got one minute of championship football in 2001 or 2002. Um, I only made my championship debut and I made it as a starter in 2003. Um, but similarly, I just had to work hard. Um, my options were just to, you know, basically do what I was, what I'd always done, which wasn't enough and hadn't got me to, to becoming a starter. Um, I just tried to train harder try to get fitter, try to get stronger, worked on my skills, um, just try to develop everything that I could. Um, and at the time, again, similarly, it was very, very hard to take. I was looking at, uh, my own brother was starting, I was looking at boys who were my age group who had joined the panel at the same time as me, all getting starts, coming on as subs. Um, and yeah, I, I found that very hard at the time. But again, if, if you look back now, um, I think it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me because... I just had to work that bit harder for everything that I got. How did you stay focused and not get annoyed or like even consider leaving a panel like when you aren't making a team especially? Uh, well, at that time, um, say we're cross, uh, I, I spoke to the management as well at that time and I sort of asked what, um, what they thought I could do to, to even get on or whatever. Um, and they just didn't really see me in their plans at that stage. So uh, I suppose having dad at home was great because I, I was speaking to him. You were, you were batting things off him. And uh, we have a, a junior team within the club and they were going particularly well in, in 02 uh, whenever I still hadn't got any football. 
And he says, go play a few games for them. Uh, try and get a bit of game time, try and get a bit of experience, try and build up a bit of confidence. And I did that. I, I just I went and called, met the manager of that team, started playing with them and um, started playing well. Confidence started to grow. And um, like I said, there we had new senior management come in then in, in O3 and Cross. They'd seen me playing a bit for our, our junior team in the club. And they brought me up to brought me back on to, to the senior panel um, gave me a chance from the first league game of, of the 03 season and, and I haven't looked back from then and um, like I said I, I was always a, a forward at underage I started out seniors trying to be wing half forward centre half forward and it wasn't happening for me and that manager Michael McConville came in in 03 put me in at right half back and still there 21 years later and like even you mentioned the Cross McGinn players, the McEntees, Ushi McConville, Paul Hardy, Francie Bellew. Like from being involved with them kind of players, did you find them when you went into Armagh there was a massive gap in the culture and the standard of being an intercounty footballer? Or do you think your cross teams were very close to an intercounty team? Yeah, I, I think that was one of the things that helped me was that uh, I, I didn't, probably the physicality and the fitness levels of your county football it takes a bit of a bit of get used to but uh, I would have felt from being involved in county uh, under 21s for a few years previous and um, obviously I was seeing from going to watch maybe even training in, in 0203 with dad or just knowing what the level of commitment the county players were putting in um I, I was I was just basically doing the same thing. Um, like I say, I can remember all of 03, um, 0203, going to the gym continuously um, with, with Ashley McConville, him collecting me, uh, taking me to, to do gym sessions and that there with him. I don't know whether it was that he seen something in me or he just wanted someone to break up the monotony of gym sessions or take him along for company. But to be fair, I had I had been doing an awful lot of that um, in terms of your strength and conditioning work for the two or three years I still found it a, a big step up um, and particularly my first year in, in 04 joining the panel I'll never forget like the first night we went straight into tackling grids and Jamard Marsden who's just a, a ferocious athlete like just he made a little way out of me threw me around like a rag doll while I was in possession and then whenever I was supposed to be tackling him he was just steamrolling over the top of me so um, yeah it wasn't too long Figuring out that there definitely was still a lot of work to do to become a, to become someone who's settling into the county game, but having having been involved in cross teams that were continuously winning county titles and like I said, having an insight into growing up, seeing how Dad prepared teams and seeing them winning all Ireland's and then starting to get that close link um, with my my teammates in terms of the the county players within cross. Um, again, I think it's something that I've just extremely fortunate to have that luxury, to have that support at home, and then also to to have had the opportunity to be training along with five or six boys who were seen as household names within Ireland. Yeah, and 2005 was a great breakthrough for you where you did pick up young football year, um, a, a tremendous year. But do you think 2005 personally for you was your best year for Emma? Um, it, it probably, yeah, it's, it's a hard to argue with it. Um, I probably felt that I got a bit of consistency sort of throughout, throughout my career. It, I think it was the fact that 
we we went so well. I think the whole team was going well that year. Um, which again, it's something that I, I was just so lucky that it happened that like we lost the first league game in 05 and then we never lost a game. So that was in whatever it was, February, and we never lost another game till the All Ireland semi final that started of September. Um, we won the National League and we won Ulster. Um, so you just were playing in a team that was playing with such confidence. Um, and I know Armagh won the, team, the All-Ireland in 2 but I would nearly say even the, the team of 05 and the style of football they played, um, I, I would think that that might have even been up there with, with the, the best Armagh team that there was. So I was just so fortunate. I was breaking into that team that was winning that they were winning that year. They knew what it took to win an All-Ireland from the few years previous. Um, they all were playing well. You know, we didn't have any real injuries or whatever. So um, it just made life that much easier on me because we were winning nearly 14 personal battles all over the field every game. So it meant all I had to do was really just focus on my own job. Um, and yeah, definitely it was, it was a great way to be settling in. Yeah, and an and epic battle that you played out with Tyrone that year in 2005. What was it like to play in that game? Uh, the the three games against them, um, they were, they just were so intense. Um, they're probably again my memory for a lot of games wouldn't be hectic, but I just remember them. And I suppose if you look back now, you look back maybe with a wee bit of disappointment that there was, there probably you could literally say there was hatred there, um, between the counties, between the two teams. There wasn't really any communication. To you know if you ever there was an awkwardness. Um. Meeting even was meeting after a game, there was an awkwardness between the two teams. So just the rivalry was at its absolute maximum. Um, but there there were games that even on the field, um, there was tension and aggression levels were, were massive on the field. But you could actually literally feel the the tension from the stands as well. Um, which is probably rare enough as you're a player. Um, but yeah, those games. Uh, particularly that semi-final, um, yeah, I'll never forget it. That was probably the most intense atmosphere I've ever been involved in in, in my whole life. And um, I suppose to to lose out on an All Ireland final place by a point and have been in a position to were in with five minutes to go. Um, yeah, I think it's it'll always it'll always be one that will stick in stick in the throat, unfortunately. And how do you get rid of that throughout the winter? Like, cause as you mentioned there. One point away from an All Ireland final, it obviously sits sits with you for a while. Yeah, and then to see Tyrone go on and to play so well, to be carrying an All Ireland final, that was them getting their second. Um, that's tough to absorb that there. Um, but then, like we're you're going for three Ulsters in a row, you know you're very close. You're not too far away. You just have to get up and get on with it and push yourself that bit harder. Um, you know, to improve. Like I, I know even so my first year obviously of really start was in 05. Um after it, uh, I was taken with a strength conditioning coach and basically told you need to put on a stone before championship starts next year. Um while I had a good year, um I probably still struggled in terms of break ball and physicality whenever midfield was crowded, which is how Tyrone played. Got a lot of numbers around the ball in the middle of the field, so you're in contact quite often. So, yeah, there was a big focus for me personally, um, from 05 to 06, um, to physically develop even more. And yeah, in fairness, like with the time, 
I would have been 12 stone in 05 and by the time we would have played the first round of the championship in May against Monaghan the following year in 06 I was up to 13 stone um, you know so that that was my that was a, a huge focus for me um, over that time was to make sure that um, I come back a, a bigger and stronger athlete for, for the following year to, to build on uh, what I had done in 05 Yeah you mentioned there putting on a stone <laughs> like a big challenge but to physically develop going to the gym that year did you realize I suppose off the pitch when you're going to the gym you have to put it in nearly as much as you were on the pitch yeah I, I did because I suppose whenever you're, the manager's sitting down and giving you instances where you know maybe you weren't strong enough while tackling someone or maybe I spilled the ball while being tackled um, you can't argue with them um, you know whenever they're they're showing you clips or explaining circumstances to you. But to be fair, you know, I've always been open-minded in terms of taking on board whatever whatever my management feel I need to work on and develop. Um, and, you know, it's not something that I, I would have an issue with at all. Uh, I knew it was only going to be a positive for me. So, uh, and it was something I was used to doing anyway. Um, it just was maybe putting a wee bit more focus and, you know, instead of maybe your two um, a week, definitely for about six months it was about three sessions a week and then you could see and you could feel the, the improvement so then obviously that just gives you a bit of confidence that what you're doing is working and um, it's going to be worthwhile in the end so uh, definitely again it, it was another thing that I think helped stand me um, as I went on as a county footballer. Yeah and you mentioned about going for three in a row and an amazement achievement in Ulster in four, five and six but do you think after winning them three Ulsters in a row and not seeing an All-Ireland psychologically that it was hard to deal with as players? Um, it, it probably, it was, yeah, it was tough enough to deal with, but you were starting to lose a core group of players as well, um, boys who, who, who would have been, I suppose, the, the mainstays of, of your All-Ireland winning team. Um, obviously, they were all starting to get a wee bit older. Um and pick up a few injuries and niggles and that there. Uh, and to be fair, like they were, we've only ever won all, won all Ireland um, in our history, uh, and they were the men that had done it. You know, so they'll always go down as you know, as good a footballers as our county has ever produced. Um, so it's very hard to replace them, uh, like for like. I, I do feel that after that, though, that we did underachieve in terms of. Um, like we won an Ulster minor as well in 05 we won uh, another uh, we won obviously Ulster and All-Ireland uh, under 21 in 04 we won another Ulster under 21 in 07 um, narrowly lost to Cork uh, who had so many ways that won their All-Ireland 2010 uh, and then we won an All-Ireland minor Ulster and All-Ireland minor again in 09 so like we had a good mixture of you know, established senior players who were used to winning Ulster titles had won their All-Ireland National League and we had a good influx of younger boys that um, were used to winning at underage level as well and winning All-Irelands at school with Abbey CBS uh, and Newry with some boys would have won a Hogan Cup with them. So, um, yeah, I, I would say it was just, it was very disappointing that we just never got the maximum out of ourselves um, over the, the next years. We didn't build 
a new team again um, that was fit to carry on the success that, that we had seen. What we had seen in those 10 years was unprecedented. Like we won as many Ulsters in 10 years as we had done in 100 years. Um, but I, I definitely feel with the, with the quality of player um, that we had coming through, to, there's no way that we should be at a stage now where we haven't been in, let alone winning an Ulster title since 08. Yeah, and like even Ulster back then was it was so special and it was obviously a dominant period for you doing three in a row but like when you're playing in a competition that has that openness like in the early 90s like you must even look back playing in Ulster with such fond memories now okay it was it was it was unreal um like I, I can remember even say my first start in 05 was against Fermanagh um they had beaten us in the All-Ireland quarterfinal the year before so you're going into the the first round, uh, a preliminary round of an Ulster Championship, um, playing in front of close to 30,000 people. Um, following that up, same against Donegal, a pack case and park then in, against Derry in the semi-final. Ulster finals were being played in Croke Park at that stage, you know, in front of 60,000, 70,000. So it was brilliant um, to be involved in because you were playing in front of big crowds um, the atmosphere and the build up to all those games um, yeah they were just they were, they were great to be part of and I suppose that's uh, what everyone aspires to growing up you're thinking of the, the sunshine the big championship days the big crowds um, and yeah it's it's definitely an aspect of it that I love being part of and to be fair I, I still miss um, you miss getting picked up in town here and heading to Monaghan for, for a bite deep for your pre-match meal and then a guard escort into into Clonus and packed streets. Um because yeah that's I know you're there to to play um but to be part of those big occasions is yeah that's what I think excites every young person growing up. Yeah and you mentioned after the three in a row Ulster title that there was a sense of underachievement but do you think you obviously lost a massive amount of players and high quality players, but do you think the standard of the culture was went down a level or what's the one component that you would put underachievement down to? Uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe the, the standard and culture um, just never carried on to the same level um, as what had been there. But again, apart from being super footballers, our, our sort of team from late 90s, early 90s, you had so many big characters, uh, you know, strong leadership personalities. And I'd say we probably just struggled to find our own identity um, as a group in terms of playing style and, you know, just carrying on what had gone before us. Um, now, it's not to say like there, there, there were still some strong personalities and, um, you know, boys that, um, where like we had still had the likes of your Andy Mallon was an all star, Kieran McKeever, Brendan Donaghy, uh, who who were playing international rules, um, you know we still had Stevie McDonald uh, involved up front, um, you had Jamie coming on the scene as well, uh, like we had still a, a great array of talent in terms where there's even defensive and, and attacking, um, I'd say you know one thing that that's massive and probably never gets a whole pile of airtime and, and I know you can't put it all in one person but the loss of Ronan Clark for us was it was insane um, like in 08 Clarkie we won Ulster Clarkie get an all-star again um, 
like he was only really coming into his prime at that stage and and he never played for us again. Um, he struggled with injuries and trade for two or three years to get back. Um, but he, he was a massive, massive mistress because he was such a focal point um, for us as, as an attacking force. Um, and if you had it, a full forward line of, of Jamie Clark, um, Ronan Clark, Stephen McDonnell, um, you'd make, they'd make life very, very difficult for, for anyone. Um, all we'd have to do is mature. We, we got them a sufficient slip to play a ball. So, um, yeah, Ronan's absence for those two or three years where we were losing um, the McNulty's and you're losing uh, Francie Ballew and McGinney and McGray. And, um, if Ronan still had been there at that stage and coming into his prime, um, I think we, we would have been a, a different, uh, different animal altogether as well. Yeah, and during that time, especially, I suppose, when Jim McGuinness did take over Donegal, the blanket defence came in, but I suppose people just thought of blanket defence, but I suppose the counter-attacking football came into play a lot more. Do you feel maybe during that time that with the Irma style you were playing that you mightn't have adapted to it as enough as you should have? Yeah, I think whenever you look at how... I suppose Donegal's style was probably it was definitely out there. Um, you know, no one had really seen it to the extremes that they brought it with. But uh, we did. We probably struggled from the direct foot passing game that we would have had late nineties, early nineties to they say our defensive shape, our defensive style, and and then how we attacked. Um, I think we probably got caught between two stools for um, for maybe four or five years where we didn't really know exactly what we wanted to do um, or we didn't have the confidence in ourselves as a playing group um, to uh, deliver it. Um, and that can come down to Everton, that comes down to us as players. You'll have to accept a huge amount of responsibility for that. Um, and then maybe in terms of just management, how... They were instructing us, was it suiting best for, for the type of players that we had? Could we carry it out um, the way they wanted it? Um, I, I would say that was that was an issue that we would have faced. And I'd say uh, definitely, I know as players, um, we, we would definitely regret that side of things, that we just didn't have the consistency. We could still pull off one-off results um, and, and we, could, we could probably put it off to anyone on our day, but we definitely seriously lacked the, the consistency um, that, that we would have had for, for the 10 years before that there um, we struggled badly just with backing up performances other than 2014 um, you know we were, we were fairly consistent that year and we were just building and growing and I think that was the one year where we really got a good handle on being strong defensively but still being able to, to rack up um, scores that were needed to, to win championship games and compete um, and to be fair that was another game that we probably left behind ourselves uh, against Donegal in, in that quarter final Yeah and when you look back at that game on your last game of inter-county football as well it probably makes it all the more harder for you does it? It was because uh, I know from reading Jim McGuinness's book, um, he was obviously very thorough in everything that he did, but he, he definitely took his eye off the ball that day. Um, he was looking and his, his entire plans and preparation that year was Dublin. 
Um, and I, I think we we shocked them that day. Uh, I, I don't think they were expecting. I thought, I I think they probably thought they could have dealt with us a lot easier than what they did. Um, and I'd say deep down, um, now Kieran McKeever's he he had, he hurt his foot um a couple of weeks before, so he he was a mess for us. But I think deep down, I'm not sure how much all of our boys on the field actually genuinely believe that we were capable of beating them. And, and I think that's what ultimately cost us in the end. Um, I think we had we had opportunities to to see that game out um, and, and we didn't do it. Um, and it was a big regret still. Um, could we have done to Dublin what uh, and inflicted their, their only defeat and whatever that is now seven or eight years? I'm I'm not so sure, um, but I would have loved the opportunity. And like people will talk maybe that you might have had more left in your intercounty football career. Do you feel yourself that you did retire a bit early, and was it just too much of the commitment levels that were in intercounty football then? Uh, yeah, like I, I, at no stage did I ever think that I, I wasn't fit for it. Um, I felt I was still had plenty to give. Um, in terms of physically, um, I, I didn't feel like I was, I was remotely, um, past it or beyond county football. Um, I, I felt, I felt really good that year. I have to say. Um, obviously it was a very frustrating year for me. I'd started the year with an injury. Um. And struggled, didn't actually start a game until the the last round before the All Ireland quarter final. I was coming off the bench every game, which for someone who was used to starting um for for ten years previous, it um it was frustrating. There's no point in telling you otherwise. But um, uh, I don't regret my decision um to retire. Um, I I know I know myself. I definitely could have played on. I know I was fit enough. I know I was good enough to do it. Um. But yeah, for me at that stage, I just felt in terms of everything that um, I, I was happy enough to to call it quits at that stage. Um, I felt that uh, I had other things that I could have put more time and effort and energy into um, in terms of we just had a, our first young boy at that stage and business, um, like I say, in terms of being self-employed was, was going well, but just needed more time from me. Um, and and it's a massive call. Like it's it's tough to do. Like even now, you'd still love to be to be out there. Still love to do it. Um, and it uh, it took probably months of of mulling over. Um, but yeah, at at that time and still now, um, I have to say I I don't I don't regret um retiring when I did. It's given me more time to like say family. Uh, work and and focus on club football as well and um maybe just not being on the same rap race um as there is whenever you're you're involved in the intercounty game. Yeah, and when you did retire that year, like when you were having, I suppose, the self doubts about not retiring or staying on for another while, would you have found it very challenging the following year to go to an Ironman game? To be honest with you, I actually didn't, um, and and that that surprised me. And I did. I, I I went to quite a lot of them. Um, I remember going down to to Clare to watch a league game the next year. Um, I didn't feel like a no. I was sitting at the games, and I I wasn't. You know, I didn't have that sort of sick feeling in my stomach where I knew I'd made a wrong call. Uh, the one time that I, I did, you know, 
oh, I wouldn't say I regretted it, but we played then Donegal in the first round of the championship the next year in the athletic grounds, and it was absolutely packed to capacity. Sun was beating down, you know, it was your ultimate uh, championship Sunday. Um, and yeah, as the, I just remember them doing the parade that day, and you know, you could feel the nerves building in you. Um, but it was one where I was just saying, yeah, Jesus, you'd love to be out there now. Um, but to be fair, other than that, nah, I, I, I'd accepted, um, you know, the call that I made. And to be fair, I knew myself if I was making a call, I could, as someone even as committed as it was, or as much as I loved playing for Armagh, uh, I, I was very much at peace with with the call. I, I'm not one for for looking back and what ifs. Um, it it was what it was. Uh, I felt I'd made the right call. Um, but yeah, even now, like if we were turning around the sun was splitting the trees, now and I'm out playing in a packed house, you'd still think even at 37 that uh, you could go out and do your bit. And to be fair, I don't think that'll ever leave you. I think that's that's just the, the fan bite that's always in you that, uh, yeah, it, it'll never go away. And yeah, Paul Grimley was over yet in your final year, so Kier McGinney would have worked under him as well. Um, and when you think of the position Armagh were in, in Division 3, now up to Division 1, do you think maybe some of the criticism is in just about Keir McGinney when you think of the position Armagh were in when he took them over? Again, I think the biggest difficulty that there is with them at the minute, it's consistency. And it's it's not... Like I, I think we have a we have a very good core group of players there um, at the minute, um, and obviously they're they're doing well in terms of they're back to Division One. Uh, I think staying there now is going to be absolutely massive for that group because I think that's where now I know the season it's nowhere near what we wanted it to be in terms of being in Division One and the quality of teams you're going to play against. But it it is what it is. I think whatever way they have to, they just need to make sure that they stay in it, um, so that they can. They can grow and develop, and I think if we can get a year or two um, of competing in Division One, um, I, I think given the quality of players that we have now, that it needs to be the case where we're pushing on to get back to an Ulster final, winning it, um, and looking to build on that. Um, and like I said, I I, I don't know because I'm not stuck involved in it. And to be fair, I, I don't like to to talk too much to my county teammates. You know now from within the club, um, they have enough pressure on them without me torching what's happening or, or why is that why are we lacking the the consistency levels? But yeah, definitely it's it's an area that we're still struggling with backing up one good performance with another, and we're struggling to do it in league games, um, let alone championship, um, to, to put those back to back games together, um, but, uh, I think in terms of getting the division one. It's massive. I think staying there has to be our, our biggest goal and our biggest aim for this year. Um, and I think if we if we do that, I, I firmly believe with the quality of players that we have that um, the next goal and the next aim needs to be looking for us for titles. The forward line alone that you have at the moment, like Rory Grugan, Jamie Clark, Donny, is like there's so much talent there. And I suppose looking on at that Johnny goal game last year I suppose as an Armagh fan you probably have nightmares nearly looking back at it Yeah I was fortunate or unfortunate whatever you want to look at I did a bit with news talk at the game so I actually was one of the very few people that got there live uh, to see it and to be honest with you and I actually haven't even asked anyone spoke to them again they just looked 
probably like the Armagh team I'm talking about from from 09 onwards where they were confused in, in what they were doing. Um, they were they didn't want to leave themselves too exposed at the back, which is fair enough given the way Donegal play, but just in terms of the intensity or physicality that you would have expected them to bring, um, it just didn't happen on the day at all. We just looked so flat. Um, there was no zip or no drive about us all across the field. You know, we were losing every individual battle. And I'd say that's what annoyed the players and annoyed Geezer so much is that they just... It was nothing what what you would have imagined from from them, and I don't know what the reason for it is. Um, you know, because tactically, uh, I don't know what their their plans were. Um, for the day or, or why they come across so flat in terms of something happening in their preparation. But um, yeah, it was sitting back too much. Um, and then even if you are doing that, it just didn't bring any level of of physicality or intensity to, to the game we just made life way way too easy and Donegal did too much time and space on the ball and if there's any team in the country that would absolutely roast you um, given those circumstances it is them so I'd say that's the, the most disappointing thing is we didn't even fire a shot at them you know first five or ten minutes there was a wee bit of intensity about it we looked like we had a couple of decent probing passes um, that went inside, but they just didn't stick. Um, and then Donegal just seemed to pick them off way too easy after that. Um, and yeah, given the fact that we had just got promoted to, to Division 1 um, at that stage and you were hoping that there was a bit of momentum with us coming into that game, um, it was, yeah, definitely it was a very, very disappointing performance. With the addition now of Kieran Donaghy and Kieran McKeever coming into the setup, do you think... It's it's almost beneficial to bring in that bit of freshness after finishing last year on such a low. Yeah, I think it will. Um, to be fair, well, obviously, I I know Karen Donny from well, I was in Australia with him in '08, um, but you'd meet him on the go all the time. But he's a very outgoing personality, very bubbly. Um, but you know, was a super full forward, very crafty, super movement. Um, and he's the sort of person that I think Air Forward Lane can absolutely learn from. Uh, and then likewise, uh, Kieran McKeever um, was always a, a great thinker of the game. Uh, he's been involved in coaching heavily this past few years at, at club level in, in Ironman and Down, and he was our county minor manager for a couple of years. So he very much has his hand on the pulse um, of the descent, defensive side of the game. So I think given them... Um, those specific roles where they're in to oversee um, both the defensive and the attacking side of the game, uh, I think it can only but be a huge positive for for that playing group. Um, I think any any player in the country that had the, the likes of those guys um, overseeing them in, in uh, their positions, uh, I would like to think that we'll see a bit of a kick on from them uh, this year with them men on board. You, you mentioned earlier the league is so important this year. But do you think would it have been an all Ulster league that we might see a bit of shadow boxing in this group? Because like these teams could eventually meet in the Ulster Championship again and a lot of them teams won't want to be given too much away. <laughs> you might think that. Uh but for me personally, if I was a player, like I'd be going out to win those three games um to make sure that I stayed up because I think you can talk about all the shadow boxing you want, but 
none of the teams of the four teams are Ulster champions at the minute. Um, you know, none of them are uh, have made it to all Ireland finals in a while. Um, you know, the only way you're going to develop, build, and grow and develop is when um, you know, confidence growing from that there. So there is always that. Oh, I don't want to show my hand, but for me personally speaking, I would be going all out to win those games. Like this can be your season can be over in four games here. You could be looking too far down the lane thinking, what if um you know we meet these teams in a couple weeks' time? If you don't get the wins underneath your belt, uh, your league season is going to be fairly short-lived and depressing and your championship season more than likely following is going to be the same so the fact it's it's a knockout championship and you're only guaranteed one game I think you need to make the most of the three games you have in the build-up to that and um, you were involved in the toughest trade actually as well I meant to ask you about this um, getting to go over to Sunderland when you did go over did you see some did you see some things I suppose with the professionalism and the setup there that you were surprised by when you do compare it between GA and soccer? Um, th- to be fair, like you see the way inter-county teams are, are treated and prepared these days, there's not a huge pile of difference between uh, what they do and what we do. Um, just the big difference was they're doing it full time. Um, you know, from, from you met, from you hit the gate outside their training complex and you met the security man Till you were driving back out, every single person that those players met uh, inside those gates were there to to better them. Um, in terms of whether it was your chefs in the canteen, your kit men, your physios, your doctors, S and C coaches, everything is there. Everything's under one roof. Um, and they have six or seven hours every day. Um, where everyone that they're meeting is there with one job and one job only, and that's to look after, prepare. Uh, and help those players to make sure that they're they're fit and strong and confident and playing well. Um, so other than the actual time, um, the luxury of time that you have as a professional athlete in terms of how you can train and how you can recover and your nutrition and that, um, inter-county football is definitely up there in terms of the knowledge base that you have um, from having access to nutritionists, to S&C, to your forwards and your defensive coaches. Um, it's, uh, yeah, like I say, inter-county, I don't think bar getting paid, there's not many more levels that I think we can really take it to. Um, so I, I actually enjoyed just seeing that aspect of it to know how well looked after and how well prepared county players are. Um, it's just obviously you'd be envious that... Um, those other guys get well paid um, uh, for for doing it, um, but yeah, it's um, I think maybe whenever you see uh, the difficulties some of them have and some of them face whenever their soccer careers uh, finish up, I think uh, that's something that we oversee as as other county players um, that we're still used to uh, a working life, um, so we don't get the same shock uh, once once we retire as what they do. Would people have been surprised when they realised that you were an amateur player in your sport? Oh, they were, yeah. To be fair, there was only there was one um, there was one guy uh, who ha- hadn't come through their academy, so I spent all of my time basically with their was under twenty ones or under twenty threes, and so that's where I did all my training with um, while I was there. And of their whole academy, there was only one guy who didn't come through 
um, their academy from he was 12 or 13. He'd played a bit of non-league. Um, so he sort of knew exactly where I was coming from in terms of he was still at, at college and he was he was training a couple of nights a week um, and playing his games at the weekend. But yeah, all the rest of them like couldn't believe it. Um, they couldn't understand why you were doing it and why you were putting the time and effort into it. Um, because they knew no different from the joining the academy. Um, they basically you you were treated like someone who who's playing in the Premiership at that stage. Um, but to be fair, um, bar that one, the first one that they had within that group, um, to play a Premiership, um, was the guy who come from non-league, um. Uh, Norman Watkins, I think his name was, um, or sorry, Duncan Watmore, uh, mm. that was his name. He uh, he had come from non-league, and he was the first one of them all to to play a Premiership that year. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I've kept an eye out for him. He's had a couple of bad leg breaks and cruciates and that. There, he struggled with injuries since then. But it was just surprising that, um, or it was interesting to see that the one guy who come from, um. Uh, a non-league and didn't come through in the whole academy turned out that he was the first one of them to make it um, and, and to break on to the Premiership squad and the success with Cross McGlynn Rangers that you have achieved like when you do look at the success within Cross you've achieved how do you I suppose stay grounded with everything you have won um, yeah like probably Probably come from just the house I, I grew up in again. Um, like you'd be immensely proud of Everton that you have won and take so much pride in it. Um, but I suppose the house that I come from and the team that I grew up in, they were winning every year. Um, and I suppose I just seen it as, as my job and my responsibility to make sure that that continued. Um, you didn't know any different. Um, like the, there's massive pressure that comes with having to win. Um, you know, I know people think it's easy. You just you win every year. Obviously, this past few years, it hasn't been the case. Um, within Armagh, let alone Ulster and All Ireland. But um, yeah, there, there is pressure that comes with having to win. Um, but it just was part and parcel of it. Um, and like I said, they were winning every year. You were looking at your your top men who were turning it out and performing. You know, year on year for both club and county and. Again, just going back to it, that's what I always wanted. Um, uh, and if a bit of pressure and a bit of anxiety comes with it, well, sure, so be it. Um, yeah, for me, it was always just whatever you'd won, you'd park it and you just had to go again and, and do it all over again. Um, have I enjoyed everything as much as what I probably should have? The answer would probably be no. Um, I, I, I probably regret Uh certain times where I don't think I celebrated enough um, with, with my mates in the club um, and I get stuck back into the county um, really quickly after All-Ireland wins or even you know losses in terms of whether it was an All-Ireland semi-final or whatever but for me again I just I just I knew I was missing so much of county at that stage I was just always mad keen to, to get back up back in and make up for lost time so um, we'll get playing in him as well to to celebrate and, and enjoy or catch up on the odd night that I feel I may have missed out on uh, whenever it's all over. Do you feel even for the youngsters that have come through for Cross McGlynn that the philosophy among the club, among near almost every age, is 
nearly the same. That's why it's so easy to transfer in to the Cross McGlynn seniors and have success at senior level. Um, yeah, like I think that the biggest thing and the best thing that we do within the club is there's no, like from none of the management, there's no start and it's set, there's no setting out start of the year, like saying we have to win this or this is our aim. Or, like their main focus on is making sure come the end of the year that they can turn around and say, are those boys better footballers or in better condition um, than the year we started out with them? And if the answer is yes, great, you're doing your job. Um, if you get silverware along the way, brilliant. Um, but we don't get too high um, with what we would win in terms of underage. It is brilliant and they're always nice to look back on. Um, but ultimately, our main goal within the club has always been to develop senior footballers. Um, you know, you're looking at 10 years of development and enjoying in terms of what you do at underage level with a view to hopefully having 10 years of enjoyment and success once you hit senior level. So I think that's something that has always stood to us as a club. And would there be a regret even three All-Irelands has been fantastic, but say the year Roshi McConville and John McEntee took you over and you were beating Thomas St. Endes and with the two of them being ex-players, did that hurt? It did, uh, because that, that day in particular was a disaster for us because we were playing so well. Um, I think from memory, we could have been seven or eight points up. Um, um just with a few things went wrong. We had I ended up like I, I was that was four that was 2014. Um I was playing, uh really enjoying my football with the boys that year and we'd named our team on the Friday night and uh everyone was ready and prepared um and felt we were in good condition. But I woke up in the middle of the night on the Saturday night. So the game was Sunday and I woke up just in the middle of the night uh with a vomiting bug. Um, and spent till seven or eight o'clock in the morning just vomiting. Um, come out of nowhere, didn't didn't feel like I, I was ill at all. Um, so I then had a phone management at seven or eight in the morning and say, here, I've been up all night, I'm not good. A local doctor called at the house and just said, you're just going to have to lay in the house here and uh, just let it pass. It was just your usual 24-hour vomiting bug. That was it really. Um, but obviously I didn't want to miss the game. So... Um, the local doctor drove me to the game um, and I said I'd tug out just if it was needed worst case scenario and to be fair he said we were playing really well things were going good and they were putting me on with 15 minutes to go I think probably with five points up and um, put me on to steady the ship and as I was going on one of the boys was getting sent off for a second yellow and they scored a free um, the ball was then kicked out so I was going on really not fit to move <laughs> shouldn't have been there and we were down to 14 men and then from the kick out it went in and they scored a goal and then before the ball was kicked out with another man sent off um so from going uh from five points up and 15 v 15 to in the space of two or three minutes we were down to 13 men and only a point in it um and they ended up the overran us so yeah that was that was one where we definitely self-destructed um the one in the following year, then we won Ulster after a great battle with Scottstown and then same thing, played super stuff against Castlebar for maybe 45, 50 minutes um, and then let it slip. So, um, yeah, they, they, were, they were the most recent ones that, that we let go. Um, but uh, I suppose the, the biggest one, the worst one for us to take was the All-Ireland semi-final against um, St. Bridget from Muscommon whenever 
we had our opportunity to do three in a row, um, which at that stage had never been done, obviously, until Corfin have just done it. Um, so, yeah, to be fair, the Aston Bridges team, they'd been knocking on the door for about 10 years previous. They, were, they went on and delivered and won that All-Ireland. But, yeah, that was another that was another tough one to, to let go because, you know, ah, there's no point in saying any different. The goal of winning three in a row was, was massive. That was our... That's all we could think about that year. Um, we were fully focused on, on trying to deliver that and uh, it didn't happen and Corfin have now beat us to it. And people will remember with Cross McGlynn, your training, which I think they were referred to as the Terrible Tuesdays, like when you had to do them trainings. How tough were them training sessions? Hell. Um, like I think everyone knows like you're at that stage where your ears pop and all you can hear is your heart beating in your head like you know and you literally think like I, I literally can't go anymore there's nothing left to give here but to be fair I think that's what really stood to us is that that's where I, I felt we really developed as as a group Um, like that team that you're you're talking about say the was going from say that train row with Gareth O'Neill and Tony McEntee um, that was the most enjoyable period I ever had um, as a player. It was, it was the best fun I was ever involved in, but it was definitely up there with as hard as we ever worked. Um, but it was worth it because the results were coming with it. Um, but I, I feel that those tough sessions, the fact that everyone always stuck at it, no one ever quit, no one ever gave in, um, I feel it really developed us as, as a group because um, <clears throat> that was where, I suppose, the camaraderie come from and the camaraderie developed out of um, it was off the back of knowing that everyone was in it together, everyone was doing the same thing and there was nothing that was going to break anybody and I think that's what, what gelled that squad in, the squad in particular And just to finish up, um, a few quick fire questions for you um, Who would you say during your football career so far has been the best player you've played with? Um, I would always say uh, Oshin um, he just was always our go-to man. He there was pressure was never an issue. He never shied away from responsibility, uh, whether that was club or county. Um, so yeah, he, he was up there. Uh, if you're talking exclusively maybe county level, um, Stevie McDonald, um, was just what what he could do um, with a football and tight situations, whether it was coming at his ankles or coming over his head, um, he he could win his own ball and just he was just so good uh, at putting the ball over the bar or or getting a goal whenever we needed it most. So, yeah, to to have the the luxury and the opportunity to play with boys like that who will be remembered as the greatest footballers that Ama has ever seen um, was something again that. Uh, I'd find myself very fortunate to have the 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 luxury of, to have been part of. And your toughest opponent? Um, Jamie Conley, um, the worst roasting I've ever got. Uh, I'd say I've took a few. Um, but yeah, Conley was just yeah he was he was on song. It was an All Ireland club semi final in two thousand and two thousand and eight. Um, we were in All Ireland champions and. Um, between uh, Mossy Quinn and uh, Jeremy Conley, uh, literally within 15 minutes of that game, um, they were we were we were losing our All Ireland title. Um, I don't know, it was maybe two four, two five, to a couple of points. And um, yeah, unfortunately, um, I was definitely on the receiving end of a, 
of DC at his at his very best. But yeah, the fact that he's gone on and done it to plenty more uh, bigger and better footballers than myself after it, uh, yeah, it uh, it doesn't sicken me that much. <laughs> tell you the truth. And uh, then um, the best manager you've worked under. Um. That, that would be a difficult one because it would be a toss-up between the management team of Gareth O'Neill and Tony McEntee and then obviously uh, Dad. Um, two different reasons, I suppose. Obviously, my time with Dad, I, he managed me for one year now at, at club level uh, where he came back and, and helped there for a season and we won Armagh. But um, he, he was my Armagh manager whenever we, we were at our peak Um and I suppose whenever we were competing at the highest level, um, so during that time, you know, just to be to be a part of that, um, and uh, supposed to to enjoy so many good days, um, yeah, they're they're all great memories. But like I said, then in terms of of club football, that that three year spell from two thousand and ten to two thousand and thirteen under Gareth and Tony, um, it just was it was such a special time, um, for from. You know, for a group to be part of, um, the fun, the crack, the wins, the nights out, um, everything to come with it, the tough sessions, it was yeah, it's it was up there with as, as good a time as I've ever had, um, on and off the football field. So, um, I think what what both of those management groups did, they just really bonded a group of players. They had us all so focused on on one goal, um, and. They, they made sure that you know how we behaved on and off the field um, was an inspiration to those around us and then turned our support and um, come with us and, and enjoyed the journey and enjoyed the wins with us so um, yeah everything that went with their management style was was definitely up there well Aaron Gernon um, thanks so much for your time